start a new series today, super excited about it. Um, I'm going I'm to do something to start off with just to see what I'm working with here today. So anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some, some choices. That the choice is either good or bad, okay? No qualifiers, no qualifiers. So you get to participate. And if you don't participate, it's okay. I mean, you can be a loser if you want to. So anyway, <laughs> you know, so anyway, so here we go. Good or bad? All right, everybody, so everybody with me? Good? All right, bad. All right, here we go. All right, all right. Coffee. My kind of people right here. All right. Who's, who's a bad coffee? I saw a few. Okay, okay. It's all right. Hey, we love you. We're going to pray for you at the end of the service. And so, hot dogs. I'm a hot dog guy. Yeah, you look at me. I never saw one I didn't like. So, who thinks hot dogs are bad? Okay, that's okay. It's, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Brussels sprouts. I like Brussels sprouts. I do. I like them. I, I can be the minority. That's okay. I can be weird. All right. Cornbread. Good or bad? Whoa. Oh, okay. All right. It's getting serious right here. All right. Little Debbie oatmeal cream pies. Bad. Think they're bad. I, some people think they're bad. I get it. All right. Kombucha. So who doesn't like this? You don't know what it is? <laughs> it, that'll be something you look up today. Kombucha. All right. It's fermented tea. It's supposed to be good for your stomach. Anyway. Sushi. Okay, great. Tofu. McDonald's. I like McDonald's. I knew Cam does. Cam. All right, Chick-fil-A. Yeah, okay. Anybody down on Chick-fil-A, you're down on it? There's a couple of people that don't like God's chicken anyway, but it's all right. You know, there's, there's room for you. We're going to work on you. Anyway, you know, um, we live in an age where, in a time where more, uh, there's a lot of concern about what's put into our bodies. Uh, probably more than any other time you know, that we have, you know, what, what's put in our bodies is important. And, and we have, you know, sections of food, organic, uh, things like that, healthy, things that weren't even on the, the radar years ago. Uh, you know, as a matter of fact, I, I, was, I was looking at this and thinking about this, that um, light beer is the number one beer now. Because people want to drink, but they don't want the calories because so much is in, in, put in our bodies. I'm serious. I, I'm, not, I'm just telling you. Uh, soft drink sales are down. Healthy energy drinks are up. This whole thought of, I'm not going to drink a Coke. I'm going I'm to put something else that's supposed to be better for me. And I don't know if it is or not. There is sugar-free chewing tobacco. I wonder, I, I, I'm serious. There is. That this whole thought of, that, you know, I'm going to chew it, but I don't want to, you know... And I'm not, look, I'm not, I'm, this is not me making a statement. Right? I'm just saying, I'm just making examples of that we are concerned about what's inside of us, what we're putting inside of us. Well, the same thing that happens physically, that we're thinking physically, also happens spiritually, that, that there's a concern about what is inside of us. And so uh, we, we've got this series called Christ in You. Christ in you. What's inside of you? Is Jesus Christ inside of you? And we're studying the book of Colossians. Uh, and I'm going to give you a little bit of background that Paul writes this letter to this church in Colossae because there is this uh, false teaching out there. There is this push from culture, from uh, uh, um, what is the word I'm looking for, for people who like to talk a lot, well, not preachers, but what would that be? Uh, 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 if someone was Pharisees, 
political, uh, just uh, philosophers. Philosophy, that's the word I'm looking for. Thanks, that's the word I'm looking for. Philosophers, took me a second, but I'm good. Anyway, that you needed Jesus plus something else. Or maybe that Jesus wasn't enough, that Jesus isn't the answer anymore. And so there's this push, when you read Colossae, there's this push that, that, that Jesus wasn't all you need. And I think about our culture that the same thing is true, that there's this push that maybe you need something more, maybe you need something different. In their, in their time, it was a push for uh, observing special days or, 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 or festivals, uh, worshiping angels and stuff like that. And I know we might, but, but we certainly have a push in our culture, in our life, that maybe I need something else. Maybe I need Jesus and I need this relationship. Or maybe I need Jesus, but, but he's not all I need. I need, I need this addiction. I need, I need this in my life. I need something else. And so we're going to look at what does it mean to have Christ in you? And today I'm giving you an overview. You're going to hear it in great detail the next several weeks. But what does it mean that Christ is in you? I'm going to go to the first scripture. This is kind of the basis of, of the whole series where Paul writes and says, this message, talking about the message of Jesus, the gospel that Jesus saves, that Jesus is all you need, that he's the one you've been looking for, was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. And he talks about God's people being the Jews and the Gentiles. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are found for the Gentiles too. And then he says this, and this is the secret Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing in his glory. So what does that mean? What does that mean? Because here's what happens. You've heard me explain this, describe this. When you place your faith in Jesus Christ, Jesus comes to live inside of you. This is what happens. It, it, it sounds crazy, weird. If you've, ne you've never heard anything like that, his spirit, the spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you to guide you, to train you, to help you, to lead you, to comfort you. This is what's going on to produce good things in your life. But what does that mean exactly for us? So I'm going to give you four things today. First is this. It means that we are saved. And so I want, I, want, I, want, I want to spend some time in each one of these. In each one of these, Paul breaks down from Colossians. That when Christ, when he is in you when, you, when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, when Christ is in you, it means that you are saved. Now let's talk about that for a second. Let's look at the scripture right here. We always pray for you, and we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news, that when we hear the good news of Christ being inside of us, that we are saved. Now, sometimes we don't feel saved, do we? You might not feel saved. Sometimes you may not think somebody else is saved. That's not your business or mine. We're not in the saving business, that God's the one who does that. But he talks about this thing going on in our life that when, when you place your hope in Jesus Christ, you have this hopeful expectation. He says you, you believe in this uh, hope that's been reserved for you in heaven. Now, how many of you ever made a reservation to go eat? You ever done that? 
Now, you, well, I know we've got a lot of Waffle Houses, so you don't have to do that around here, but there are certainly restaurants where you have to do that. You can't just show up. But you make a reservation. Let's just say you made a reservation for next Saturday, you're going out to eat somewhere, somewhere nice, you, you and whoever, your family, your spouse, your, 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 your friends, your coworkers, that you've made this reservation for next Saturday. You're going out to eat. You've made plans. You're going out to eat next Saturday. You've made reservations at this place. Now, it hasn't happened yet, has it? You've not gone yet, but you've got this reservation. The same thing is true when you accept Christ. When you accept Christ, that a reservation has been made for you in heaven, that you, this reservation. Now, it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet, but it's been reserved that, that, that you have been saved, that you have been uh, placed in heaven, that you have this, this uh, uh, citizenship, this dual citizenship, that you're here on earth, but you're also in heaven as well that both are going on at the same time. And there are days you may not feel saved. And a lot of times we'll wonder, we'll ask ourselves these questions, you know, I don't feel saved or, or we'll do something wrong. And we'll wonder if we are saved. And, and, and we have to hold on to this confident hope that what Paul was writing is that Jesus is all you need. And if you've got Jesus, then you're saved. Now, let me share this with you. This is one of the beliefs of our church, of, of what we believe. We believe this is a once and for all thing. This is one of the things we, we don't believe that God has an eraser, that, it, that if you have a good day, then you're in and you have a bad day. He's going, wiki, 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 and he's, you're out. I'm just telling you, that's, this is what we believe. Now, some people believe different. That's fine. I'm telling you, but we believe this is such an important concept that when you have Christ in you, you're saved. Now, this ought to give you a lot of peace. This ought to give you a lot of assurance. If indeed you have accepted Christ, if indeed Christ is in you, you have a reservation for one in heaven. And you, it hasn't happened yet, but you're waiting. The second thing is this, is that we are being changed. That when Christ is in you, you're being changed. Now, there's a story of a guy named Zacchaeus who sees Jesus. You know the story says he's a short guy like Scott, Pastor Scott, or Cameron. And, um, and so he has to climb up in a tree to see Jesus. Jesus comes by, crowds are huge. And so he climbs up in a tree because he wants to see Jesus. Well, Jesus sees some guy in a tree and he's like, I'm going to go eat dinner with you. Calls him by name, Zacchaeus, I'm going to your house. Now, here's what was going on in Zacchaeus' life. He was, a, he was a cheat. He was a liar. But when Jesus says, I'm going to your house, Zacchaeus' life starts to change. You know what he says? He says, if I've cheated anybody, I'll pay back four times the amount. Because here's something that happens. When you encounter Jesus Christ, your life starts to change. This is what happens when, when you, I want you to hear this, that, that when you encounter Jesus Christ, your life starts to change. This is not a prayer that you prayed 25 years ago and nothing has changed. This is not a, 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 an encounter that you had with him 25 years ago or five years ago or, 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 or 10 years ago, whatever. And you can do whatever you want because you have this reservation in heaven. I'll go do whatever I want. Gary, you just said that uh, if this happened, I'm saved and nothing can erase it. I'm saying if you're saved, yeah. But here's what happens. You are being changed. You are. 
This is what's going on in your life, that you are being changed. That when in my life, in my life before Christ, what I said, what I thought, what I did was about me. It was about me. It was about what I wanted to do, and I was going to be the boss of my life, and I was going to say, and I was going to do what I wanted to do, and I didn't care what anybody else thought. That's how my life worked. After I accepted Christ, my life changed. How I thought, how I talked, and what I did became about Jesus. And if you're wondering, if, if you're being changed, I'm going I'm to share something with you, that, that how this plays out in my life, that when I wonder if I'm being changed or not, that if... What you say and what you do and, and, and what you think is all about you, then maybe you're not changing. You can use these, these qualifiers that, that when you are thinking about you all the time, when there's murmuring about what you want and your life and what you, what's going on with you, then maybe, maybe you're not being changed. But when, you're, uh, when your mission is about Jesus and this translates into what you say and what you do and how you think, then yes, then you are being changed. Look at the scripture here. Paul says the same good news, the message of Jesus Christ, the gospel, that there's a God out there, that he loves you, that you and I have a sin condition that could only be rectified, that could only be made right through Jesus Christ. He says, this is the good news. This came to you and is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives. Just as it changed your lives, from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. So let me ask you a question. Are you being changed? Because it's really easy to say, yeah, I'm saved. I like point one. I'm saved. I've got a reservation. Point two is I'm being changed. It's not about me. Now, Kurt Petersheim, who's preaching this at the other campus this morning, told this story uh, to me years ago. Kurt grew up in the church. Parents are founding members of the church. But his life wasn't being changed. And he talked about being at Eastside High School and that teachers dreaded having him in their, their class because he was a smart aleck, he was a jerk, he was going to be a cut up and he was just going to make it about him and make it difficult for the teacher. And over the summer one year, he surrendered his life to Christ. Went to school that next year, changed. As a matter of fact, one of the teachers in the middle of the year said, she looked at him and said, I was dreading having you in my class this year. She said, but you're different. She said, what happened? He said, I surrendered to Christ. Let me ask you this question. Is your life being changed? Is Christ in you enough to change the parts of you that need to change? Well, not only are we being changed, but we bear fruit of a changed life. We bear fruit of a changed life. You remember during COVID when, when uh, COVID hit, uh, um, everybody was scared the world was going to end. Did, you, did anybody ever think that? Some of you are going to not raise your hand. You're going to think I'm crazy. But, um, and it's okay. I am. Anyway, so one of the things I did is I, I'd never grown a garden before. I thought, I'm going to grow a garden. I'm going to be independent. So I, I did. I thought, I'm going to grow because like, the world's coming to an end. You ought to hear me. I was like, it's coming. You know, know what's going on. So I'm going to grow a garden. 
I know nothing about growing a garden, y'all. I know I'm disappointing some of you. I know nothing about it. And so I set out to grow a garden. And it was way more than I ever thought it would be. <laughs> and I got way less than I ever thought I would. I had some things that didn't grow at all. I know so many people are like, you're an idiot. I know, I know I am. I tried though, y'all. I did. I tried. But there were some things that did bear fruit. Tomatoes, peppers, and that was it. <laughs> we had tomato and pepper salad a lot. It was really good. It's really good. Eat this, kids. Just, you'll like it. So. I can't make things grow. I can only do the things that I need to do in hopes that they will grow. Water, soil, sun. When Christ is in you, you're saved. You're being changed. But here's something else that's happened. You're bearing fruit. And this is the work of God in your life. Now hear me on this. When Christ is in you, the Holy Spirit is in you, then you bear fruit. I'll, I'll give you some fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Fruit of the Spirit. Are these growing in your life? Do you see them getting greater? Do you see these things happening? That, we, that when you and I, when, when we know that Christ is living in our lives by the fact that we are bearing fruit, and if you're not bearing fruit, listen to me, then you may not have Christ in you. Now, we all have seasons. They're called droughts, but your whole life cannot be a drought. We all have seasons where we may not feel like that we're growing like we used to, and, and, and there may be moments, there may be time periods, there may be circumstances. I understand that. But we have to come to a place in our life that, man, we are either growing or we're not. That if you are growing, that you are bearing fruit, that is a sign that Christ is in you. And if not, then something is wrong. Lear, hear me. You could be coming to church every week, but if you're not growing, something is wrong. The qualifier isn't just to come to church. It is that Christ would live inside of us and that we would be growing in these areas. And Paul is making this point because it is so important. Look at the scriptures here. Now you're going to have to hang with me on this. He says, so we have not stopped praying for you since we heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. And one of the reasons why he writes that, because that was what the philosophers were saying that they needed, that you had this, had this special knowledge, this special understanding. And Paul said, no, it's found in Christ. He says, then the way you live will always honor and, and please the Lord and your lives will do what? Produce fruit. So I'm going to ask you a question. What's your garden look like? You got a few peppers and a few tomatoes. Does it look like a drought? Because if Christ is in you, you are bearing fruit. You're producing fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you will have all the endurance and patience you need. 
may be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you. He has enabled you to share an inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. That this qualifier that you and I need to be bearing fruit. And let me tell you a great way to do this. You want to you grow? Get in a growth group. We've got growth group sign-ups today. Listen to me. Get around some other believers, and you hear me talk about this, who are pulling the same direction that you are. They're going the same way. They have the same problems, the same issues, and the same answer, Jesus Christ. And you're going to do this together. And then the last, Christ in you is that we are forgiven. And he, Paul closes out and he talks about just the powerful transformation that God has given us through Jesus Christ. He uses some, some crazy, man, some awesome words. Let me share it with you. He has rescued us. I don't know about you, man. I needed to be rescued. I didn't have anything going for me. I was selfish. My parents were divorced. My dad was alcoholic. I had nothing going for me. Invited to church by my friend. Heard the message of the gospel. I needed rescue. I fought it for years. Fought it, fought it, fought it. And one day I realized that, man, God loved me more than anything. And if he would have me, then I wanted him. I felt rescued. And he transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, when our kids were in high school, um, we had access to their bank accounts. They did not have access to mine. <laughs> we had access to their bank accounts, and if they needed money, we would transfer money into their account. Again, they did not have access to mine because that would have been a disaster. And so they would need money, and we would just, instead of writing a check or giving them cash, sometimes, sometimes we would just transfer the money. Leslie did this. She was in charge of it. She would just transfer the money into their account. You need $50, boom. You know how that goes. If you've got kids, $50, is, that's daily. Anyway, so God has transferred us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, from the kingdom of death to the kingdom of life. And he's done this through this last part. If we go back to that scripture, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. That he has purchased us. And sometimes I forget, I think we all forget just how powerful it is to be forgiven. I was talking to a guy a couple weeks ago and he's dying. He's not from the church but he wanted to talk to a pastor. And we're just talking. And then he starts to bear his soul with me. Doesn't really know me. And he said, I'm dying. I'm telling you, when he said that, the room got super quiet, y'all. I, I call these sacred moments. Somebody bears your soul, it's sacred. And then he starts to walk me through his life. His wife passed away. He starts talking about what he did for work. He can't do anything. His, his, body's, his body's failing him. And I'm listening to him. And then he says this. 
I regret the way I've lived. Man, you want to talk about quiet? Could hurt a pin drop. And then he asked me this question. Do you think the Lord will forgive me? And in that moment, I get to share the gospel. That there's a God out there who's in the forgiveness business. And one of the man great benefits, they're all four great, being saved, being changed, bearing fruit, they're great. We're forgiven. And I get to share the gospel with him. Hey, here's the message of the gospel. If you come to Christ, you believe in him, man, you're forgiven. Everything past, present, future, you're forgiven. The same is true for us. So here's my question. If we go to that question, Chad, do you have Christ in you? We're going to be diving into it this week, this month, the next five or six weeks. Man, we've got some resources for you. If we could get those on the screen. We're doing what we call the After Church Podcast, where we're talking about, uh, some of our staff will be talking about the lesson that we've just heard today, this week, Kurt and I are we're talking about it, Trey's hosting it, and that's you can go to that. There's also a reading plan on the bookmark in your seat. We want one of our goals is that we would read the Bible together. That we'd be, we would let God change us through his word. And so you have those resources. But but here's what I want to do is I want to pray for you. And maybe today that you realize you're not saved. I'd love to talk to you at the service. Cameron's here, Brad's here. We we would love to talk to you. Some of our elders here, whatever. Look, if you're not sure, we want to talk to you. This is a big deal. But I want to pray for you right now, for those of you who are saved, that you, man, you would start to live as if Christ were in you, that he's in me. Man, I'm going to win. I'm saved. I'm forgiven. He's changing me. I'm bearing fruit. And man, I'm walking down this road. I want to pray for you now. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, that changes our, our minds, our hearts, our thoughts, our words. And God, we come to you thanking you that you have, when we surrender to you, that you have placed your spirit inside of us, that Christ lives in us to guide us, to change us, to save us, to bear fruit in us, Lord, to forgive us. Lord, I pray for the person here today that they're, they're not saved. That they know it. They don't have Christ in them. They know it. Lord, I pray that today is the day that they would understand the message of the gospel that, that you provided a way for them. Lord, I pray for those here today that, that, that are wondering. And I pray that they find assurance today by talking to someone. And Lord, I pray for the rest of us that we would walk in this truth with confidence, just, just as your word said, with assurance that no matter what comes our way, that you are with us and that you, Jesus Christ, are all we need. And we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen.